Several have asked what we'll do when we're finished with the book of John in here. And originally, I was going to go into a series of questions and answers. Sorry, brother. Um, about whatever, you know, just doing, uh, answering questions. And we may do some of that, but I have a rule. And that is if I'm asked a question, I answer it. And sometimes I warn people. I say, before you, before you finish this, are you okay with me answering it? And that is, um, there are some questions that you might be asking that the shepherds and I are praying about. And so I don't want to go ahead of the Holy Spirit there. So I'm pulling back a bit on this. Instead, I think what we're going to do here, I'll, I'm going to do this really quick. You may not even care about this kind of inside baseball. After this Hebrews uh, series, I was going to go into the parables of Jesus, ending them around Advent, doing Advent, and then go into Job or Revelation. Well, I put that before our shepherds, but also before our prayer teams, and uh, some among you who I refer to as the wise women. Uh, these are women who pray and receive from the Lord. It all came back saying, we, we want to know more about the Holy Spirit, we, and if you want to weave the Holy Spirit into any of these, that's, that would even be perfect. Well, after much more prayer, I've decided that the next sermon series will be on the Holy Spirit. And we'll do about five weeks. We may do six weeks. That is not a comprehensive study. And it will not take the place of the Fridays on 4th. Uh, I read Forgotten God. I enjoyed that book. But we're not using that book as our walkthrough. All right? So it's parallel. Very interesting to me that the Holy Spirit's going to show up in two studies after prayer team said we need to talk about the Holy Spirit. So there you are. We have an amazing team and amazing women here. That, uh, after the five or six on, the, on that, then we will move into um, a study that brings us into Advent. And so if you'll allow me, I'd like to stick with just Jesus stories in here. Uh, where we end this and then go to the historian. We've looked at Mark, we've looked at John, or we're looking, finishing John. I'd like to go to Luke and then do, because Luke has a different take. I know he's part of the synoptic gospels, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that do tend to track. But Luke has some lines and information that the others do not. So if it's all right for us to keep going, I'm getting a lot of nods. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Uh, I will be if I'm healthy and life continues as it should, I'm going to be here. Um, I think I'm only out one other Sunday this year. Don't hold me to that, but I think it is. At the end of September, uh, it's my annual trip up to Whitby Island, uh, Northwest Washington State, to talk to the church that serves the, um, the Navy up there. So that said, we are back in... Uh, hang on. Uh, Chapter 18, yeah, chapter 18, verse 28, John 18, 28. Then the Jewish leaders took, and it's important that we say Jewish leaders, not the Jews, right? Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now, it was early morning, and remember, we, we talked this, to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not want to enter the palace they want to be able to eat the, the Passover. They were willing to railroad a guy to the cross and have him suffer and die 
being beat half to death before it happened so that they could maintain their power, their control, and their income. But they don't want to do anything to break the laws of cleanliness in the church. That just gets to me. It really does. I, um, I think I take it personally because I grew up in a church where if you worshipped with precision, doing it the way they told you to do it, then you were saved. Even though there's a lot of other trash in your life. And I think it boiled over for me one time when there was a family called me what do we do because dad has got paid today and he's at the bar and he won't leave and evidently this has been a problem uh, so i drove to the bar went in and he wouldn't leave but he said he would later later that week he stood up and led at the lord's table when i questioned the leaders on this they said well you know he's a baptized believer and he's a member here i'm going this is your standard? That he agrees with acapella music and that he takes the Lord's Supper the way that Paul tells you rather than Luke? <laughs> Luke does cup, bread cup. So a little different. I said, is that, that's the standard? And I was roundly attacked for even questioning. We don't know, you know, uncleanliness. We have different definitions of what that is. If you're, um, you know, abusive verbally or physically toward a woman and that's okay because you're a faithful member I mean, come on people we, we, we can't allow that and at fourth we don't we're very strict on that here the love one another thing is not a slogan here it's it is our law because religious hypocrisy will lead to death and you'll nod your head and say it's okay it's, it's rather like, and I, I'm going to step on toes here, and some of them are my own. After the towers fell, people were saying, well, it came out of Iraq. We ought to just bomb it and make it a big glass field because when heat hits sand. And, and the, some of these people were Christian, and I, I was going, there are children under here that had nothing to do with this. There are women that had no power to make this decision. Most of the men had no power to make the decision. you that's okay with you? That's too close to the bishop who was asked before one great battle in the Crusades, there are Christians in this city, what do we do? And his response was, kill them all, the Lord knows his own. We don't do that. We just, my horror at this is amazing. And then Pilate comes out to them and says, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Well, that's circular reasoning at best. It's not even good circular reasoning. What's the quickest way to destroy a person in modern America? It's to accuse them. Racism, white nationalism, that's one. Or wife abuse, or pedophile or have somebody say he touched me inappropriately or she did this. All you have to do is accuse now, right? And in the public social media, what do they do? They pile on. They just assume. Well, you know, where, in fact, there is even a phrase about this back in the old days, where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, sometimes where there's smoke, somebody threw a grenade in. It wasn't the fault of the person who's now stripped in front of us and shamed. 
I just want to let you know, what you see on the worst in social media is not new. Well, come on, we don't need charges, he's a criminal. How do we know he's a criminal? Because we brought him to you, and we only bring you criminals. Huh. That's horrendous. Pilate said, take him yourselves. Judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone. All right, so hang on. They're, they're not bringing him here to get him a fair trial. They're getting him here to be executed. There hasn't been a trial. We haven't even had formal charges. Had they laid formal charges against Jesus? Among the Jews, yes. Uh, blasphemy was one of the biggest ones. But why wouldn't they bring that up to Pilate? Well, I'll answer the question. Pilate wouldn't have let him do anything with it. It wasn't against the law, Roman law, to blaspheme their God. So he wouldn't have done anything. So they just say, listen, we just brought him here for you to kill him. Wow. Legal systems have, have always had their issues. This is pretty bad. Pilate is actually trying to stop this. He doesn't want it to spool out of control. And by the way, the Jews had no right to execute people. They would even say that they were going to, but the Romans said, you're not allowed to. Romans took that away. So, so many illegalities here. Um, by the way, Romans, of course, had capital punishment. They just didn't want the people under them to do it. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Now, I've had a lot of people try to make Pilate into the worst possible person here. Pilate was a creature of his age. He was trying to keep the peace, the Pax Romana, the peace of the area. That was his job. His job was not to determine guilt or innocence. He was not a finder of fact in things like this. He was a how do we get through this without making Rome upset that I'm not keeping a lid on what's going on here. <clears throat> Therefore, was he a good person? No, but the people of his day in his circles would have considered him a moral person. So um, here's the thing about good and bad people. They're not cartoons. Good people have some bad in them and bad people have some good in them. And sometimes we forget this. People are not cartoons. Even, where we always go to Hitler. There's even a name in sociology for how quick a discussion then brings up Hitler. He liked dogs. I mean, that, granted, that's not a whole lot to redeem everything else wrong with him. The point being, he was as close to a cartoon as you could get, I'll give you that, or Vlad the Impaler. By the way, Vlad is looked upon as, as a hero to the Croatians. The point being, people are complex, and Pilate's trying to find a way here. So when he says, are you the king of the Jews? He's not saying, right, are you opposed to us in Rome? No, they, they were cool with the different groups under them having kings. As long as those kings understood that they were subject to the law of Rome. That, so he's just saying, all right, I don't know your politics. What's going on? Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says something very interesting here. Is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Now this is a hint. Later on, Paul will talk about people being, you know, sending their greetings, Christians sending their greetings 
even those from Caesar's household send their greetings. Pilate's wife was led to believe there's something special about Jesus by a dream. She might have been a believer at this point saying to, to Pilate, no, you can't do this. And she's trying to warn him. He reacts rather tartly. Am I a Jew? He didn't say, Jesus didn't say, and I'm your king too, in which case, am I a Jew would have been the appropriate response. No, you're king of the Jews. I'm not a Jew. Jesus didn't say that. He goes, that come up with you or have you been talking to somebody? I want you to think about this. People knew Jesus was innocent and they did it anyway. Jesus did a really bizarre parable. Do you remember the one where a man owns a vineyard and he, um, he rents it out to another group? but they have to pay him a percentage of the harvest. It's very normal, still done, that sharecropping type thing. Well, harvest comes, and he sends a messenger down to get his share, and the people of the vineyard kill him. And he's gone. He sends another one, they kill him. So now he sends his son saying, they will not dare to touch my son. The class realities of the day, you would not have dared to cut. But when he see, they see the son coming, they say something incredibly stupid. I've had people say, you're not supposed to say stupid. It's an English word. It refers to something real. They said something very stupid. They said, here comes the son. If we kill him, we'll get to keep the field. On, on what planet does that work? And if you're wondering, well, then why they say it, it was a parable about what was going to happen to Jesus during these trials. If you remember, Caiaphas and Annas aren't supposed to be ruling at the same time, and yet... They really are, as high priest. They're supposed to be traded out by now. They, um, whenever one of them asks, are you king of the Jews? Jesus says, that's what you've said. And he gets hit by a soldier standing near him for saying it. That's what you've said. They knew. But they believed as God's chosen people that God would eventually forgive them for this. There might be another 400 years of silence or something, but God would eventually and let them have the kingdom because, well, he just can't not do that. They were wrong. Uh, tragically wrong. And so here's Pilate. He's already gotten information. Am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priest handed you over to me. What is it you've done? There has to be something there. Just stinks too much. There's too much smoke. Where's the fire? There's too many accusations for something not to be true. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Um, people go to prison that shouldn't go to prison. But many more lose their reputations, lose their finances because of accusations. And it, it's, we give accusation too much power. I don't usually say I'd like for you to be like Breton because I don't want you to be like Breton. But there's one way you might, the loser pay system. Did you know that? In Breton, if you bring suit against somebody and you lose, you have to pay all the costs and such. It's, not, a, it's not, the, not the lottery here where you can launch a bunch of suits and if one pays off, it'll pay for everything. It's, um, it's, and I know I'm oversimplifying things. But 
we don't have that system here. They didn't have any system like this. He's just going, all right, what have you done? And Jesus, this is very short. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Um, really not the best translation of this verse. All right? They do want to be helpful, the NIV does. This is the 2011 version of the NIV. They did a revamp of it, and I really, really like it. I do. But they do drop a couple of balls. One of the things that they do here is they add some words. They re well, actually, they replace words. They do it because of the crimes of the past. Instead of the Jews, it's the Jewish leaders. Why? Because there have been centuries where Christians called Jews Christ killers because of Caiaphas saying, let his blood be on us and our children. So all of our children are guilty of the same thing we did. Uh, there have been so many banishing of them, making them wear special clothing. Hitler was not the first by any stretch of the imagination. Martin, you read Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation beginner guy. You read what he said about the Jews, it's hard for you to ever read him again. It is. It's vile what he says about them and the names he calls them. But he believed that's what they were. So the NIV, to try to bring that to, um, to lessen the chance of that, stresses here, the Jews didn't bring him. It was the leaders who brought him. And that's legit, frankly. I don't have a problem with that. It's the last line, but now my kingdom is from another place. That's a really awkward way of saying what it's supposed to say. He's saying, you don't have to be concerned about my kingdom. It's not here. And I just, I'm, I'm, I hope that we can stress that sometimes translations go awkward for no reason. Uh, again, my kingdom's not of this world. He's saying, I haven't done anything and you have nothing to fear from me. You are a king then, said Pilate, because you, you have a kingdom. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. There seems to be more history here than we've, than, than we know. We can just, we hear the echo, something's going on here. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now we have an insight to this that Pilate did not. We've been going through John. So in John 14, how does Jesus define truth? You see, when Albert's sick, it just all goes sideways, doesn't it? He said, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, Pilate doesn't have that. We have that. Let's go back and look. The reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the reality of Jesus. Everyone on the side of Jesus listens to me. Now, do you see what he's saying to him? It's like, Pilate, pick a team. Which team? Where are you going to go? How many times a day do you have to decide to pick a team? 
If you're like me, I'll catch myself going, oh, I was looking at that as if that was an open decision. I had to pick my team. I have to choose to do this the Jesus way. And often it's just about thoughts in my head. Um, you say, I'm a kid, okay, what is truth? Retorted Pilate. Pilate has really been scorned for saying this. I just don't see Pilate as being the all-dressed in you know, moody, evil clothes with a cackling laugh. I, I just don't get that. I'm not trying to turn him into an angel or even a Christian, but I believe he was trying to get Jesus to say something that he could use. And when you say truth to the Romans, they are children of Greek society. The Greeks, they had, a, they had whole areas laid out in their cities that was only for men, to, oh, sorry women, you didn't get to play, to gather to argue about philosophy, truth, um, natural sciences, politics. And that's where we got our democracy. That's a good thing. But, and by the way, that was a close run thing. If those Spartans hadn't plugged the gap in Thermopylae and held it as long as they did, the Persians would have won, not the Greeks. We would have had a very different world and a very different system. We would be in a Persian government system. Isn't that interesting? Not the Greek democracy. Anyway, that said, um, and the Persians, by the way, were nuts. They were, they were nuts. One of their kings lost, I'm not making this up, one of their kings lost a naval battle, held a trial and declared the sea guilty, had them build a chair for him to go up and sit on while the whole people gathered and they ritually, ritualistically, again, I'm not making this up, beat the sea with a whip. That'll teach it. I'm glad um, they stopped the gap there in Thermopylae and we, we're doing good, all right? Uh, what a world we live in. You, you know, you, I just, I, if I go to heaven and I see that angels don't have bruised foreheads, I'm going to be surprised because a number of times they're just going. <sighs> so what is truth? This, all this arguing was about what is truth. Pilots, what is it? Tell me, give me a reason. Say the word. We sing a song where we used to. He could have called 10,000 angels. Just say. He would not, even though he could. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there <clears throat> and said, I, I find no basis for a charge against him. But he, he felt he had it out. It's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Oh, the movies Hollywood used to make about Barabbas. They had, they, they, this was an interesting character that the Bible told us not much about. Therefore, let's do a movie about him. You know, it's, um, it's, it's hilarious. And the movies of faith that Hollywood used to do, The, Ro the Robe, do you remember that one? Well, I think they were in black and white. They were on our black and white television. Um, but, you know, even things like Ben-Hur, there were faith elements in all wonder what ever happened to all of those. Sad, but they're away. Anyway, so I, I find 
what, what if I let him loose? I'll just let him loose and everybody, you understand, well, we tried, we went this way, but Pilate, and they're going, no, no, we're not going to take him. We want that Barabbas guy. Now, Pilate's in a bad position here because if you release somebody who took part in an uprising, Rome's going to hear about this. And if we understand, and there is some real fog there, but if we understand what happened to Pilate, he was recalled not long after this. And I don't know what happened to him after, but I doubt he got to retire in Florida. Rome did not care for all this noise. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. When we went over this in Mark, uh, the book of Mark, uh, Tim Street back here gave us the information that sometimes, uh, or maybe all the time, in courts, you're not guilty just of a crime. You're, you, are, you have broken the peace of the state of Tennessee, or you have troubled the, the peace. Back in this time, you didn't have to be a criminal. If you were breaking the peace, they were going to shut you down. So we had him flogged. He'd already been hit. And the idea is, we'll do this, we'll do this. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they clothed him in a purple robe and, and went up to him again and again saying, hey, O king of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Why would they do that? Well, the answer is very simple. Every society has a group of sadists in it. Yes, sir. The peace and dignity. Oh, excellent question. Was the flogging to get a confession out of him? I do not believe so because I believe Pilate knew there was nothing to confess. Uh, and of course, when you're flogged, you're going to confess stuff you didn't do anyway, right? I think the flogging was to make him look so pitiful that the Jews would relent and say, listen, listen, this has gone too far. Look what we've done. The soldiers, again, sadist, um, you have them in every culture. You, you, you have in every culture those that would run the death camps. And it's just, I don't know what else to say. But, uh, so it's not Rome, it's every society has them. And sometimes we use those sadists for our own purposes. We put them in places for their own purposes. Uh, once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no basis for a charge against him. He's already said that. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and a purple robe, Pilate said to him, here is the man. Now, what is he trying to say? This is man. This is a human being. I think he's going for the symphony. Uh, sympathy, rather. He did not say, um, here is your king. He tried that, right? That went south. So now he's been beaten, uh, flogged, mocked, and ridiculed, and puts him up there and says, this is a human being. I don't know if you ever saw again back in the day, when was that, mid-80s or something, early 80s, the movie The Elephant Man. And one of the hardest things for John Merrick, the elephant man, to get across to people was he was a human being. They just mocked him, his appearance. It's one of the best made movies, I think. It is amazing. If you've never seen it, 
I don't know if any of the streaming services has it, but if they do, look for Elephant Man. He is a human. In fact, he even stops one mob and turns to them and quits running and says, I am a man. Um, and it shocked some of them to back up. And I think that's what Pilate's trying to do here because Pilate has some ambivalence toward Jesus. I think he feels his wife may be right on this one. Men, listen to your wives. It's good, good advice. As soon as the chief priest and their officials, all right, I want you to notice something different. All right, let's see. Let's go back up to chapter 18, verse 38. I find no charge against him. They, who's the they shouting back? The Jews, the group. Who's shouting after the flogging? Is it the group? It's not the Jews, is it? I think the crowd got silenced. It was the chief priest and their top officials that I think that worked on the crowd for a while. I think a lot of them went home. They assumed they crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Third time. Why did he say you take him and crucify him? Did he really think that that's what they were going to do? No. Because if they did... Rome would crucify them. They weren't allowed to do that. So he's saying, you want crucifixion so much, you do it. It's kind of like one of those, you know, if you want him shot that much, you shoot him. You go, nah, you know, I wanted somebody official to do it. The Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. These people were not silly superstitious types that they're often painted by atheists or by Hollywood, believing any little thing. If Jesus did miracles, did everybody believe in him? No, no, they weren't that simple. But Pilate fears that there's something real about this man and this is going to come back on him politically, personally, and maybe for eternity, if he understood that concept. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you think Jesus could have convinced Pilate that he was the son of God? I think he could. You know, he could have. You know, healed himself spontaneously. He could have caused angels to come down. He could have done something. He didn't. This had to happen. This death had to happen. And Jesus was tough to stand there and say nothing. I have not yet learned that skill. Uh, there's a comedian who's rather foul-mouthed, and I, I don't intentionally listen to him, but I heard a, a bit of him years ago talking about when he was drunk and got arrested. And the one line I remember was he said, I had the right to remain silent, but I didn't have the ability. <laughs> I, I, kind of, I, I kind of get that, you know, I, I don't get drunk, but there are times where it would have been a lot better if Patrick had just shut up. And Patrick usually understands that the next day. It's not then. 
It's kind of like a friend of mine that listened to an atheist on the radio. And he, he said, man, did I lay it to him. I found his, his weakness. I knew where he was wrong in his, his argument. And I piled on him two days later. The point being, you know, we are who we are. Where do you come from? I, I just find that amazing. Do you refuse to speak to me? Now, we could read this with the imperious. Do you refuse to speak to me? You know, I, you know, how dare you? Yeah, you can read it that way. I think the way the story arc is going is, listen, the next line explains it. Don't you realize I have the power to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. That's a really weird phrase for us, so let's work with it, shall we? Let's unpack this little beauty. Paul also believed that all governments are established by God, or maybe he didn't. The phrasing there can equally easily be read, doing no damage or injustice to the words and phrasing, that the concept of government is blessed by God. To have a group that makes sure the laws are enacted for the good of the people. He is not saying, I don't believe Paul is saying, that Stalin was, was God's choice. Um, and again, I, I'm, I got room to be wrong here. I just don't see that. Uh, we would often talk to our teachers about that back in Bible class because it was always, when I was a boy, the Russians were coming any day now, right? We had, had so many troops in, in Germany guarding the Fulda Gap because they were going to bring tanks in there. And then there were going to be missiles that come over at the Antarctic. And we had the missile silos now, a lot of them you can buy and rehab into homes <laughs> underground if that's what you want to do. Don't do that. Um, we, we lived in that fear. And then we would read something where Paul says, all governments, and you've got to obey the government. They would always say, only insofar as uh, it doesn't make you break God's law. That's, that's not all bad, that phrasing. But Jesus here is saying, you, you were moved into position, Pilate, by a hand which is greater than yours. The one who brought me to you, he's the one to blame. Jesus is actually letting Pilate off the hook, saying, I understand where you are. I understand your position. You've got to do what you've got to do. It's not you that's going to bear the blame. It's going to be the greater blame is going to be the one that brought me here. And we can argue, does that mean Judas or Judas and the Jewish leaders? Does it mean the Jewish leaders? I don't know. But the ones that brought this and, and put this into play. From then on, Pilate gave up on, no, no, look at this. From then on, what a wonderful phrase. Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Uh-oh. They have just thrown a trump card on the table. They have just upped the ante. I use these phrases sometimes. And back when we lived in West Virginia, this sweet lady, Phyllis, came up to me and said, you say, you use gambling terms. People are going to think you gamble. I say, I bet they don't. I um, I said, I will give you five to three odds right now. She was the sweetest lady. That lady had more faith 
than any lady I've ever known. I, I love Phyllis. She's, she's with Jesus now. And uh, I bet he's happier than she is too. Um, from then on, he tried to set him free, but it was the Jewish leaders. Have you ever, I don't know, had, um, had a moment of intense boredom and so you decided to watch C-SPAN or something when they show the House of Commons in Breton during the argument, question time. Oh, I love that. They're shouting back and forth and people behind them, oh, foul being, you know, that sort of thing. In America, you don't do that in the Senate or Congress chambers, but you do it as soon as you find a microphone and a camera outside. And that's not fair because you're railing against somebody that's not standing right there looking across the table at you. And they even have a guy in the House of Commons whose only job is to make sure this doesn't go too far. <laughs> Originally, he was there to make sure that they didn't leap across it with swords and darks at each other, long knives at each other. Uh, that's, that's toned down somewhat, but not the argument. It was, at least it's out in the open. Every time I, I get into one of these, I don't get into, when I turn on news and it devolves into one of these shouting matches, I just, Going, I'm not learning anything. I can't hear anybody. This is all either kabuki theater or it's this. In fact, we're going to bring, we're going to call you, we're going to make an accusation that will kill your career. This man opposes Caesar and you're not doing anything about it. Oh, that was the biggest crime you could commit was to oppose Caesar. And if Pilate knows opposition to Caesar is rooted in this man and he does nothing about it, they're saying, we're going to tell on you, is what they're saying. And you're going to be crucified. Most likely not. Most likely he would have been uh, killed, made to drink poison or strangled um, because the upper classes had better ways to die, I guess. You are no friend of Caesar. Remember, the streets would be lined with signs of graffiti, put the official graffiti put there by the Romans. Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. So you won't go up against him, Pilate? When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat on the judge's seat at a table known as the stone pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king. Pilate said to the Jews, isn't that interesting? He comes back to that and says, he is your king. Are you getting the sense reading this again that Pilate was more of a believer than we've ever given him credit for? Now, did he stand up for his faith and do the Hebrews 11 thing of using the right verb? No, but I got to give him a lot more slack than history has. But they shouted, take him away, take him away crucify him shall I crucify your king and again people like to read this as sarcastic I just don't see it as sarcastic saying do you why would you do this we have no king but Caesar okay see what they did again they can say to Caesar we said we had no king but Caesar Pilate said oh no there's another king you cannot come back from that not in the Roman system um, just it's 11.45 but just to tell you about every church I've been to in the last several years we had reverse peepholes put in the door so that you could shut the door and have privacy talking to somebody 
but anybody can walk through. There's accountability. People could walk by and look through and to make sure you know, nothing was untoward happening. Just an integrity thing. My office, the way it's laid out now, that won't work. You would just see down a wall. And so we've been talking about how do we find a way to make sure that integrity is ensured here. Because all it takes is one person to say, he said this and tried to touch me here, and what happens to your, your minister? Or the minister could be a jerk and say something, and what happens to the person? Right? Ministers can be jerks. I've had enough jerkitude in my own life to understand that. Uh, and jerkitude is a word. I just wordified it. So um, you don't need to, you know, the, word, uh, the wordification process has occurred. Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Um, Pilate's not done, though. Next week, you're going to see another thing he, he tries uh, to at least ameliorate his guilt, and I'm not talking about the washing of hands. All right? But right now, it's overtime. You've got kids. Some of you like them, so go 